Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue a message he started on our last episode, which was titled Crushed But Still Covered. The bulk of this message will actually be out of Exodus 6. However, this portion of the message will begin in Exodus 5. So if you have your Bible, please open it up to Exodus 5 at this time. And we're going to join Pastor Chuck as he begins with an incredibly passionate declaration for every single person listening to this podcast. So chapter 5, and after with Moses and Aaron, when said to Pharaoh, thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go. So I'm declaring like Moses did, whatever pain, whatever heaviness, whatever trial, whatever bondage, I'm standing up in the authority of the office of the pastor of this church and the authority that the spirit of the true living God has given me and saying, let my people go. Let them go. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. There's no other name by which man must be saved. There's no other name greater than the name of Jesus. Let my people go. I know it's been a tough season. I know it's been heavy on your heart. I know it's been weighty on your mind. I know it's been disparaging to your soul. But let my people go in Jesus' name. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So he said, let my people go, that they may go hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Oh, listen. Let my people go, so they may go have a feast with me in the wilderness. Let them, let them come in. Let them come and commune with me. Let them come and dine with me. Let them come and fellowship with me. Where? Not in the wealthy place, in the, uh, in the wilderness. And the, listen, I need you to hear me by the spirit of the living God. Can you hear me? God said, listen, I want you to come out and have fellowship with me in the wilderness. Family, this is a, uh, uh, this is a renewing of our mind moment. This is where we're, we're, we're transformed now by the renewing of our mind because we typically and most often don't default to communing with God or celebrating with God in wilderness. We, we want to celebrate and have great feasts with him when we're on the other side. Oh, okay, we, we, once, once we have the victory, uh, uh, sports analogy, once we have the victory and won the championship, I'm preaching so good, I'm sweating all out this month. Listen, once we have the victory, then we pop the champagne. Once, once we have the victory, then, then we put on the victory t-shirts and the victory hats, and then we put on the victory goggles, and then we pop champagne, and we spread it out over everybody. God said, listen, I want even, in, even listen, on your journey right now, in your place of wilderness, you can have a victory feast right here, right now. Why? Because I'm with you, and I'm your God, and you might be crushed, but you're covered, and I'm in covenant relationship with you. So no matter where you are on your journey, you can always dine and feast with me because I've given you complete access to me. Uh, I, I, listen, listen, listen. 
We just learned this in our last series. Learn how to have victory in the valley because it's better to have victory there. You need to learn how to have victory there. When God places you on the mountaintop, you won't experience misery. Feeling alone because God is with us. So when he brings you into the promised land, when he brings you into the wealthy place, whatever that wealthy place looks like, and please don't go the money immediately. Please don't go to money immediately. For some of y'all, going into the wealthy place is just having consistent peace of mind. Having peace of mind consistently. For some of you, it's health. Some of you just being in a wealthy place is to not have the aches in your bones and to not have consistent headaches, to not have consistent pain in your abdominal area, whatever it may be, uh, uh, that could be a wealthy place for you. So listen, what I'm saying right now is the Lord wants us in this place of wilderness to bow down, worship, and have a feast with him. How are you feasting with the Lord? Are you spending time uh, reading his word? Uh, are you spending time listening and, and, and singing songs of praise and adoration? Uh, are, you, are you fellowship with him? Uh, wh whatever it is for you, are you just spending time with him, telling him thank you? I don't know what it is, but listen, family, God wants to commune with us in this way. God wants to commune with us. So here we go. He says, please, 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 please. Let us go on a three days journey into the wilderness. That Listen, verse five, uh, I mean, excuse me, verse three of chapter five. Please let us go on a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Listen, family. What are we sacrificing right now? What are we giving up for the Lord? What he says, listen, verse three, then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord, our God. Listen, family, what are you sacrificing? What are you giving up for the Lord right now? What are things that, that are idols in your life that are communicating that they are more important, that they have more power, watch this, and that they have more purpose than the Lord in your life? What are those things? You know them. I, I, I don't have to be a scholar right now to break those things down to it. Some of us, it's our family. Some of us, it's, we want to booze. Some of us, uh, uh, it, it may be our marriages we're exalting over God. It may be our children. It may be our finances. It may be status. It may be all, and not to say that those things are good things, but are we prioritizing all those things over our relationship with Jesus Christ? Are we putting more stock and dependence on those things than we're putting into the grace, the mercy, and steadfast love that Jesus consistently and always provides for us? Are we trusting more in those things than we're trusting more in the one who has redeemed us from sin and death? Are we putting more uh, weight, more glory on things, on the created things than the creator of those things? So it's let us. Why? Because it's a command that he gave us. That it, it, to go. I need my people to come out. And when they come out, I need them to meet me in the wilderness and sacrifice something. In this wilderness, what are you sacrificing? What are you offering up to God, for God? David said, I won't give God anything that didn't cost me something. 
What, what is it going to cost you right now in this season for your breakthrough and your breakout? What can you give to the God right now for your breakthrough and breakout? What is, why has God positioned you in this wilderness place in your life? What does he want you to sacrifice unto him? What does he want you to give to him? That very thing, that very thing, the thing that you've been holding on to so tightly, that thing that you've been gripping and you say, God, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. Then look, release that stronghold and let him, as David said, become the stronghold of your life. As Psalm 18 points out, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. He's the, he's the rock of my salvation. Would you let him become the rock of your salvation? Would you let him become the stronghold of your life? What do you need to sacrifice unto your God? Some of you need to give up your time. Some of it is probably a relationship. Some of it, you probably need to release, uh, uh, we'll get into all, we know, but what, what do you need to sacrifice unto the Lord? Let me keep tracking, let me keep tracking. Here we go. So he goes and he tells them, and then the king of Egypt gets mad. The king of Egypt gets hot. And he says, listen, I don't care what pretty much, I'm paraphrasing, 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 paraphrasing. Listen, I don't care. I don't care nothing about them. I don't care nothing about them. What they need to start doing, because I don't care nothing about them, watch this. All of them that we have working for us, all of them that we have working for us, we're not going to let them go. We're going to make it harder on them. So watch this. So because of that, don't give them no more straw to make bricks. Make it harder for them. And because you're not going to go get the straw to make them for bricks, I'm not going to decrease their production. I'm not going to decrease their daily production quota for me and what I need to get done. That's just like the enemy. That's just like that stronghold in your life. As soon as you try to break feet, as soon as you make a declaration that I'm going to be with the Lord, I'm not going to let him go. I'm going to be about God's business. All of a sudden, the enemy starts cranking that pressure up. He starts cranking that fiery furnace up and he starts making it harder for you and he makes you begin to question, should I stay in a place of bondage or should I move into my place of blessing? Oh, it's that, there's, there's that interesting tension. Should I stay here? Should I stay with, the, with, this, with, this, with this stronghold, this person that claims they love me so much, they care for me so much, but all I've seen is nothing but abuse in my life. According to emotional abuse, they just constantly, constantly do the wrong things, and, but yet still tell me they're the right one. How can you do the wrong things in my life and still tell me you're the right one? Oh, that's what the king of Egypt was doing to the children of Israel. He was claiming that he was doing what was best for them by keeping them into a place of oppression and saying at the same time, I love you. Ain't nobody going to care for you better than me. So you might as well stay right here and take all of this pressure, all of this oppression, because it ain't better nowhere else. And your God ain't better than me. So he goes at it and he's still telling Moses what he needs to do and go back and tell Pharaoh to go back and let my people go. Verse 22, then Moses turned to the Lord and said, oh, Lord. Why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? The people got hot with Moses. And isn't that like that? Don't you get hot with the men and women of faith that come to you and tell you you're in a place of bondage and you need to come out? 
And what do you do? Ah, ah, there you go, in my business. There you go, acting like you know everything. There you go, no, 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 no. I know that what you are embarking on, what you're living in is not good for you, but I know uh, God is for you. And so would you, would you, he sent me to be light to bring you out of that place of darkness. And so that's what we get do. We get mad with the messenger. We don't, we don't grab a hold of the message. We get mad with the messenger that comes to bring a good news message that God is delivering you out of bondage and bringing you into a place of blessing. God is doing a new thing, my brothers and sisters, that shall spring forth, shall you not perceive it. We perceive it because we continue to look with our natural eye and we don't look enough with our spiritual eyes to say that God is moving and God is bigger, God is greater, God is better, and God is with me, with us. He's with his children, he keeps his covenant promises and he'll never leave or forsake us. Here we go. Here we go. So they get hot with Moses and Moses feels the pressure. Moses feels the pressure. Any pastors out there listening, you know this, you're trying to do your best and you're trying to lead people out of darkness into his marvelous light. And they give you the, okay, why you, why you, why you bringing this evil on me? My life, my life. At least I thought my life was good until you came in speaking God's promises, speaking God's truth, calling me up to a holy lifestyle. Everything was good until you came in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, preaching a message of salvation, preaching a message of deliverance, preaching a message of holiness, preaching a message of justification, preaching a message of righteousness until you came in preaching Jesus I was okay. Even though I know it wasn't okay. Even though I was crying out to God for better. But here you come and I can't see how God is moving. So I'd just rather just stay right here. I'd just rather stay right here. So here we go. Chapter 6. Here we go. Chapter 6. We're almost done. Chapter 6. Verse. Here we go. Now the Lord said to Moses, we get a little water. But the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh for with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham. I appeared to Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty. Family, let me pause right here. God is trying to appear to us in this season as God Almighty. Let's, let's, let's stay together. Let's stay connected. Let's stay in the spirit together to see what God is not only trying to do, but who he's trying to be for us in this season. He says, listen, he appeared to him as God. Faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We're hoping God to be almighty, but he's already revealed. He's already given us evidence so we can stand in it. He gave us evidence on the cross. He gave us evidence in the resurrection. 
He gave us evidence when he sent the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, to come down and lead and guide us into all truth and give us power to be witnesses. We have evidence that he is God Almighty. He's already made his appearance and he still wants to appear or reappear for us to help us remember his covenant promises that will lead us to his covenant blessings. I'll let you sit with that one. And we'll sit with that until our next episode. Thank you for taking the time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That's www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we would love to have you join us. On our website, you can find the dates that we are meeting in person as we are still operating under a modified schedule due to the pandemic. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues to move through this message entitled, Crushed But Still Covered. 